Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with your co-host, the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice, and his wife, Jeannie. Michael and Jeannie share with you the wisdom of the ancient Aramaic internal process of forgiveness. They offer tools and support five days a week. They will support you in building a solid foundation within yourself to live in pure love. In Aramaic, Rachma. Michael is the author of Why Is This Happening to Me Again? For more information on Michael and Jeannie, please visit www.whyagain.com. And now your co-host, The Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael and Jeannie Rice. To the brightness within you and the truth that is rooted within me. Hi and welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with The Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice. I'm Jeannie Rice, your co-host. We also have Dr. Tim Hayes with us, and we welcome you to the show. Today is Tuesday, August the 25th, 2015, and our call-in number is 646-200-4169. Press 1, and that puts you in queue to talk to us, and we would love to hear your comments and your questions, because then that makes this your show. I was just listening to the words of that song by Mary Redonte as it was playing, and I was uh, attempting to look up the lyrics, and I'm not, hap- I'm not going very fast on the internet here, so I'm not finding it in time. But it's, if you listen to the words to that, you know, she came to a Why workshop on creating consciously and healing through relationships, and the next night she came in and she said, can I play this for you? And she had her guitar there, and it was just a kind of a rough draft of it, and she played the song, and, and it, she tied in all three of the workshops she had attended on being willing and, and creating consciously, and, and that that's how she wanted to change her life. And, and it's an awesome song, and you sh- I invite you to go to our website. You can actually click on the link and listen to the whole song being played, and it tells the whole story. And it's phenomenal. Thank you, Mary Redante, for doing that. We do carry her CD called Evolve uh, with us on our tape table and share that with everybody. So we're thankful for all the little contributions here and there that make it all come together. And so at this time, I'd like to welcome Michael. We're also quite thankful for all the big contributions that show up. And yes. There's some people who make some huge energy and work and all sorts of uh, different contributions, financial contributions to keep this work moving and growing and becoming to, available to more and more people on planet Earth. So we appreciate everyone who chooses to support the work and we appreciate you for lending the ears to hear it. Every ear that hears it increases the amplitude of the energy of a true understanding of how the first century Aramaic forgiveness process works in particular, and a true understanding of how life works. So we're here to support that understanding and to bring forward human life in new and more powerful ways. And our definition, if you haven't been around the work for long, of a human life is very easy and very experiential. 
hold a newborn child, you know exactly what a human life is. When you hold a newborn, you get the direct experience of this awesome active presence of love that you and I are made of and that we're designed to experience and express through. And so we're here to support that. And one of the keys to supporting that, of course, is being able to remove what's unlike human life. When you recognize the the truth of what Einstein said when he said, on such things as matter, we have been all wrong. What we have heretofore called matter is energy. Energy whose vibration has been so lowered as to be perceptible to the senses. Then you realize that you and I are energetic beings. And there's certain qualities of energy that belong in our system and certain qualities of energies that don't belong in our system. And if we experience that, which does not look like, feel like, or we don't pardon me, experience as love, the truth of who we are, then forgiveness is the tool for removing that from our experience. And as we do, we get to really truly experience and express as real, honest to God human beings, as this awesome presence of love that we're designed for. And so we welcome you to the show. We're delighted and honored that you're here. We're blessed that you've chosen to join us. And let's check in and see how Dr. Tim is today. Sir, how do you be? I'm doing very well, thank you. I was finally able to download the uh, last video you sent me. That's uh, the lesson on what is the world. Awesome. Have you watched it? Have you gotten to watch it yet? Have you gotten to watch it yet? I'm about uh, 40 minutes into it, and I think it's oh, cool. probably at least... I think it came together that, extremely well. I think up until that point in the lecture, it's the clearest I've ever heard you present that material. So. Yeah, I felt like, you know, sometimes when you're up there presenting, you know you're right on, and that day I was right on, and that came together just, uh, I think, really fabulously well. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to being able to share it with the group, and to have you being able to add it to your tape table. I think it's one of the more um, practical and at at sometimes, you know, when it's when I've heard people talk about it through the Course in Miracles, one of, and I think you say this in the lecture, it's one of the most misunderstood lessons. And of course, if you're because it's such a fundamental piece, if you're misunderstanding that, then you're applying even if you understand the tools perfectly well, but you're applying them to the wrong thing, you're not going to get the results you could get if you apply them to the right thing. And so it's a critically important piece. I've really enjoyed it ever since I've heard you first do that talk. And I'm very happy to have it available as a video. Well, I am delighted to finally get it completed, and I haven't looked at it yet, uh, but uh, I think it's going to be a very uh, useful piece of information to uh, to go out to the world and cranking things up to the next level. So I'm excited and delighted. I'm glad it's uh, that your assessment of it is is in line. It felt like it from my side when I presented it. So cool. Fabulous. Yeah. And, and the I, basic. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, I I was going to shift topics, but the basic what? 
Michael? I was going to say the basic information that's presented, the basic information that's presented there is just the foundation of everything. And without it, even though it's, you know, directly from the Course of Miracles, I think the Course of Miracles hits it so powerfully right on the head there that, of course, it, uh, there, there are only two places on the planet where over the years, 45, almost going on to 15 years of, of work, that I have found the core principle in particular of forgiveness. And that implies to me, as the Course purports, that it comes from the same person who presented it 2,000 years ago. And so it, later on in the video, we do get into the forgiveness piece as well. So it's clear and the whole thing just comes together right there. So neat, neat. Glad you're enjoying it. It's fabulous. So you had another topic for us. Let's go for it. Okay. Well, and on, just back on that topic for a minute, I think if you misunderstand that piece, the misunderstanding of that piece is what gives rise to all of the arguments about the Course and all of the violence in our world. So even if my last statement is only half true, it's a pretty important piece. <laughs> so if I understand that, and and, and absolutely, that, and maybe <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe what? I agree. Maybe seeing as how we got people titillated, we might want to talk about. I say maybe seeing as how we've titillated people's imaginations, we should tell them what that piece is. Go right ahead. Or do you want me to? Oh, I was thinking you'd do it. All right. Well, I'll give it a Go shot. Go for it. Sure. And yeah. Let me know how aligned I am with your thinking on this. The critical piece is that the Course in Miracles talks about the world and is referring to at least two different worlds. One, in your talk, you say the capital W world, which is the world that the Creator created. And the little w world is the world we create in our minds that shows up as the pictures in our minds when we think we're seeing something outside of us. And, of course, I've never seen anything outside of me with my physical eyes because they simply receive light that bounces off of energy fields outside of me and stimulate the content of my mind, which is all about the past, and it's full of filters and distortions and emotional responses. and So what shows up in my mind when my ears are stimulated or my eyes are stimulated is a reality that's strictly internal, is unique to me, and is created out of my own thoughts. And that's the small W world, the lowercase w world, that the Course in Miracles is referring to when it says the world is false perception. And as the Course in Miracles does an okay job of explaining in the words that are there, I mean, it doesn't really have the key so that the capital W doesn't show up every time it's referring to the world that the Creator created and the small w world shows up every time it's talking about the world I create in my perception. But if you have that distinction, and you understand that forgiveness is a tool for removing what doesn't belong 
in the world that I create with my perception. And what doesn't belong in the world I create in my perception is anything that's fear-based, anything that's hostility-based, anything that's based in judgment or comparison. And if I understand the tool of forgiveness, which is a tool for going inside my false perception energy system and removing what doesn't belong there, if I apply it to the world, the small w world of my perception, and remove everything that's unlike love from my false perception, I will be left with the direct experience of the energy of creation, which is all that the Creator created in the world, the capital W world that the Creator created, and the stuff I'm made of, and the stuff that every human being around me is made of. And then I will have an experience of that that is pure, and it is direct, and it is not distorted perception. And the alarm system that is built into me as this energy system that we're calling a physical body, mind and body, is the experience of anything less than love. So if I'm feeling tight, tense, angry, sad, scared, hurt, judgmental, confused, that's my alarm system trying to wake me up and say, Tim, you're reacting to a false perception. You have lost direct contact with the energy of creation, with the capital W world that the creator created. And we're here creating the sensation of fear, of anger, of confusion to help alert you to drop the false perception if you need to drop into the tool of forgiveness and literally dismantle these energies so you can drop back into direct contact with your true nature which is the nature of love, which is the nature of God, which is the nature of creation, and, and, and come from, experience, and embody your participation in the act of creation of the capital W world that the Creator created. That would be what I think is the lesson. I'm with you 100%. That's where it's all at, is to recognize the difference between that bullet perception. Of course, adding the piece that the uh, the CIA was kind enough to give us, where they very categorically state in their study of perception that the mind does not record reality. It generates reality. It just affirms that whole understanding and that nobody's ever seen anything outside of them with their body's eyes. And then, and then you add the next piece and you realize that whatever energies your perceptions made of, if it's hostility or fear, then there's a high energy wave based in hostility or fear that smatters on everybody that's in the arena. And when we shift out of through forgiveness, let go of that hostility or fear. And all of a sudden our construct is out of love. Then what we're spraying on the people we're looking at is love, and we get a different response. And people call it a miracle. Looks like, oh wow, a miracle happened. Look at this person who was all angry and, you know, nasty with me yesterday is being wonderful and loving. What what happened? What happened was I shifted the construct in my mind that appeared to be about them, but was really totally and completely about me. And when I generated, when I created, constructed my reality about them out of love. Spraying love on them, I got a different result. It's like 
pretty pretty simple. There's night follows day. And yet, you know, the world has just hidden that uh, understanding. And once one's restored to it, it's just, I mean, makes all the difference in the world, pun intended. Well, I would just love to check in to see if we've stimulated enough and somebody's got a question or a comment because that's, as we've talked about every week, that's what really makes these rich shows. Yeah, nobody has their hand up and there's no questions in the chat room. Um, so I was just looking to see if, if there was. Nope. So if you press one, you're first in line without waiting. We have quite a few people on the switchboard, several people in the chat room today, which is good. And I think it was acting up again yesterday, but they say that the volume is, is working well today. And if just that little piece that Dr. Tim gave you and that we were just talking about was presented in a local meeting room that you were sitting out there listening to, and Dr. Tim and myself walked down off of the stage after presenting that short conversation, how many of you would be coming over to Tim or to I and saying, well, I, I just have a... It's interesting. Everybody's question is a quick question. So what would your quick question be? If you walked over to Tim, what would you say to Tim? If you walked over to me and said, well, wait a minute, what about? That's what we'd love to hear. And Jeannie tells me there's a hand up. So let's say hello. It's area code 314. You're on the air. Who do we have? Hello, Michael, Jeannie, and Tim. It's Doug Bingley in Portland. Oh, awesome to hear your right voice, it. Doug. Now How are things out in Portland? Loud and clear. You're loud and clear. We got you, Doug. Welcome. Good to hear your voice. Great. Could you hear me before when I first started speaking or not? We did. Yep. Okay, Unless great. there was some speaking yeah. that happened before we heard you. This way, this way, um, Diane can also listen in if you're hearing me still. Great. You're loud and clear. So I am. I'm very excited. I was just. We just. We just tuned in, um, listening to Dr. Tim speaking, and then you're talking about the, once again, how the mind generates reality. And we just had a lovely experience last night in our support group that I thought I would speak about, which is one of, a, one of our support group participants said uh, to one of the other ones, you know, when you were speaking last week, um, I just want to tell you that what you said, it totally shifted me. Something happened in me, and I have been enraged my whole life. And But what you said about your mother, it just, something happened, and, and that rage is gone. I'm just not enraged anymore now because I forgave myself. I had to see that I needed to forgive, not it was about something inside of me. In that moment, I needed to forgive myself, and I was always focused on, oh, this whole issue with my mom, you know, I had this goal around her, and I canceled that and forgave myself, and then the rage went away. And it's like, okay, so that's what was being generated by the mind, being generated by the mind, being generated by that, now something else is being generated. Much more in touch with the real truth of her being, which is love and that level of release. And it was very inspiring and very touching moment for everybody. And it was just uh, 
awesome to have that experience. So, uh, and I was just, I don't know, just loving every everything being said today about the the little W and the big W and the way the world is spoken about in the Course in Miracles and understanding that. And so, I, I we we love your work and we love what's going on. And I just wanted to say thank you. We often tune in whenever we can, and it's always very refreshing and uplifting. Yay. Well, two things is we appreciate the fact that you guys are running a support group out in Portland. And maybe we need to mute you while I'm talking because they can get any feedback from your sound system. But, there, maybe it's better now. Hopefully. Yeah, that's better. Okay. So that's that's pretty awesome. And maybe you want to tell us when and where your support group is, group is so anybody else in the Portland area can come and join you. <laughs> We'd love to have others join us. Yeah, it's it's on the second and fourth Monday nights at 7 p.m. And it's in a space called Tabor Space, which is a venue within a Presbyterian church at 5441 Southeast Belmont Street in Portland, 97215. Awesome. And if you're out there listening, we'd love to have you. <laughs> That's fabulous. That's fabulous. And then the next thing I'd like to offer is just a, a slight uh, adjustment. A slight adjustment in, uh, in the person's languaging that they forgave themselves. Because that leaves people with the impression that forgiveness is, oh, so I let myself off the hook. Forgiveness hasn't got anything to do with letting oneself off the hook, as the world would teach. But what she did was she had the opportunity to open the part of her mind through that other person's conversation. And one of the beauties of the support group is there's so much love present that love is being sprayed onto everybody continuously. And when the conversation happened from person one speaking about her mom, this lady who had that shift, that part of her mind opened and her rage was forgiven. Her way, rage was removed, and she was freed of it. So just to, to clarify understanding so that people can distinguish between the Greek idea of forgiveness is about letting me or you off the hook. I forgive myself. That's pardoning. It's a nice thing to do. But what she really did was she applied forgiveness to her rage. It opened that space. And the whole idea of the reality management worksheet process is to open those hidden parts of the mind, bring exposure to love. And when that happens, there's a literal shift in energy internally. And so that's the uh, the whole bottom line of everything that we're doing is to teach how to open those parts of the mind and the we were talking about, I don't know if you were on the show last week, but uh, we were talking with Tim about the uh, the fact that every group that comes together, every time we do an intensive, every time a support group comes together, there's a composite that is formed and nobody knows, you know, why and how this group of people came together, but they're the kind of, of gifts that come out of it. It's pretty awesome. True, and very much so. Um, and I think, I think that this, this, participant in our group was was expressing I shifted something in me I I, I not about letting herself off the hook but yeah I languaged it that way probably poorly those were actually probably the words she spoke but as I was hearing it it was 
I moved something to a different... Uh, I let go of something out of me. I removed something out of me. And, and uh, you explain it even better. So, yeah. I, <clears throat> I awesome. really... It's it's yeah it's a wonderful experience because every time we're in that we're able to point out the awareness of love being present and the energy of love being present and then at the place when we go through a worksheet where people are just stirring up their old reality and pointing out the feeling of that in the room and that constriction and and pain and unlike love nature, and then the, the release of that as we move through into the liberty of returning to the authentic nature of who we are. Um, we we were watching the Codependence to Interdependence video for the second time in a row because it's so packed with information that everyone just said, we want to see that again, <laughs> and that's what we were watching last night, which is just very, very good. So thank you, Michael. Thank you, Dr. Tim, for all your participants and Jeannie, all of you for. And I'm I'm still blown away. At, you know, I, I that's one of the latest workshops I've put together. Probably been teaching it now for about 15 years, and I'm still just blown away. That is, my non-being mind is blown away by the way that workshop comes together and what it uh, demonstrates and illustrates is powerful. One of the things, and I think this is the first time we've had you on the show in a while, that I share now every time I do a why is this happening to me, or pardon me, a codependence to interdependence workshop. I, uh, I come to the point where I ask the question, how many have ever had a dad who utilized actual responsibility communication? Gee, when you did this, my fear, my sadness, my anger, my rage came up. And over the years, I've had two people who uh, who responded uh, with, I was brought up with that dad. And one of those people is a young man who uh, who lives in New York now. And the other one is a young lady that lives out in Oregon. Would you care to share anything about that? <laughs> Well, uh, <laughs> yeah, that would be my daughter. Yep, sure enough. And she was, she, she, a very good experience that both of us had was that she came down to Heartland for one summer and participated in the workshops shops when she was nine years old, and it was delightful and transforming experience. Um, at that point, she was living in Oregon and I was living in Missouri and I was divorced from her mother. And, um, and well, one of the things that she said in relating that after reconnecting with the energy of you with, you know, say me a couple of years ago was just how after that experience, she was able to go home and recognize that she wasn't the, at fault, guilty and wrong for whatever was distressing me or her mother and that, that she was, that that was a great liberty for her and allowed her to become more who she was, um, 
so in any event, it was a great experience for us to have that opportunity to be down there, and um, I think it did help set a lot of tone for healing in both of our lives, for sure. Well, it was I. I, I can uh, tap right back into that moment, and I was kind of surprised when she got up and spoke that day because I didn't realize just how impactful. 20, I guess it was 23 years ago now, that nine-year-old's, the way her life had been impacted by her journey to Heartland, but that she uh, she came to understand healing and is now a physician and a healer. And just, uh, it's, it's, it was just so, uh, so touching to me because I hadn't seen her since she was nine. And, and all of a sudden there she is standing up in the middle of the room sharing this story about uh, her dad, who's always taken responsibility for his feelings and, uh, it was just, you know, it's like one of those super sweet moments that makes it all worthwhile. You know, nobody will ever know what it's taken to move this work from. And I was looking over my uh, my calendar and, you know, I've been saying I've been doing this work for 45 years for about the last five years. So it's actually approaching a half a century now. And it, it nobody will ever know what it's taken. Well, you would because you've done it out there. Uh, you know, you've slogged through some of the stuff and some of the garbage that comes up for people and some of the trauma and drama and process that happens. But to, to comprehend what it takes and all of it becomes totally worthwhile for just the three-minute experience of her sharing her story of being nine and spending three months at Heartland. I mean, all of it was very worthwhile in those three minutes. So it's pretty cool, and I appreciate that. That's profound, Michael. I appreciate your sharing that. Um, Diane wanted me to, to just mention that we're going to be the next two support group meetings watching the in September the Course in Miracles videos that you did. So, So if anyone's interested in that, knowing that. Cool. Yeah, that that introduction, advanced understanding, of course, is a pretty powerful piece. Uh, have you watched that yet? No, we haven't watched it yet. So this is going to be the first time for that here. Oh, cool. Awesome. Well, it synthesizes about 70 different lessons from the course, including the one, what is the world? But there's just a small piece in it, not the whole uh, two hours spent on it. But uh They'll uh, they'll enjoy that, and hopefully it'll bring some discussion and questions. And uh, if it's appropriate uh, for people to call in and share their experiences and their questions, we love to hear from real live participants with real live experiences of what forgiveness happened, what does what it does in their lives. It's, it's pretty awesome. Yay! I'm very excited. It brings love in. It's delicious. <laughs> it's wonderful talking to you and hearing about your. I mean, I, I don't know. It's, it's, I guess it's sort of humbling to me, really. And it's, it's, it's just—I didn't have anything to do with it. But, you know, it's, a, it's just how love works. It's like it was so beneficial to us, and apparently to you, that this experience. And so, um, that's very gratifying and very delicious. And I'm glad I called to say hello to you this, today, to all of you. So, blessings so, to everyone. So am I. You know, it would be uh, fabulous to uh, <clears throat> to hear from you more often, uh, 
the day after your support group and sharing what's what's open and what's happened. I think one of the things that occurs is it inspires other people to step up to the plate and start their own support group. And, you know, somebody doesn't need uh, a whole lot of experience with this work. What they need is a commitment <clears throat> to learn the work and, the, of course, the ability to show a DVD, have a conversation and, uh, and do worksheets together. And it just it creates such an awesome space that uh, you know, we love hearing from you and would love to hear more. And uh, tell Diane we send our love and surround you in it. Love to you all, Michael. Thanks, all right, Diane. delighted. And you know, you guys have been talking about an intensive, and uh, you know, you might want to get away from that uh, Oregon winter this uh, this winter. I'm not sure exactly what the time frame is going to be, but it looks like we're probably going to uh, do a 16-day uh, codependence to interdependence communication practicum in uh, Playa del Carmen, Mexico, sometime this winter. I'm not sure exactly where we're working on the details, but y'all might want to put it on your calendar. <laughs> Michael, I love Playa del Carmen many, many years ago, and that sounds absolutely awesome. So we'll be keeping an eye out for that for sure. Sounds like exactly what cool. we want to do. If we can get away from our work, that would be great. I understand. Well, is there any uh, other question that we can answer for you or any way we can support you all the way out there in Oregon? I don't know, Diane's thinking. I'm just going to say that when you were talking about a support group, I would say to anyone who's thinking about it, it doesn't require anything other than just starting putting on a video and and having people there because the Pagra itself the energy of love, it will lead and take care of the experience. You don't need to do anything other than show up, hold love present, and the group's energy will create the outcome and it will be the perfect outcome in the perfect order. And it's it will be rewarding. So that's what I would say about that subject. <laughs> cool. Fabulous. All right. Well, you guys have a blessed day. We appreciate you and surround you in our love. And look forward to the next time we get face to face. Thank you, Michael. We will too. Bye. All right. Take care. Love and blessings. Bye bye. So our caller number is six four six two hundred four one six nine. Jeannie, do you have anything happening in the chat room or anybody with a hand up? There are just a couple of moms in the chat room, Maureen and Michelle, and we're talking about uh, doing the work. Maureen says she's actually um, doing the commitment to both her husband and her children. I asked her if, if she was doing it, like a lot of people do the commitment, but like in the back room just toward them, not actually in their presence. And she said she's actually doing it toward them and in their presence. And she also put a copy of the Who Am I up on the bathroom mirror, and she said that one of her children asked if she'd bring it down so she could see it and read it. So that's pretty cool. And uh, I told her, you know, that they're really good. She said the other day she had said something like uh, something made her angry, and and her four-year-old said, Mom, it triggered you. <laughs> so the, even the four-year-old's recognizing that it doesn't make you anything. And then Michelle was saying that even though her daughter doesn't do the work, she's knowledgeable enough about it that the other day she told Michelle, you need to do a worksheet. <laughs> so the kids are acknowledging the work, even if 
if uh, they're not fully understanding all of it yet or not participating in it. So I said, good work to the two moms that are in the chat room talking. And um, I did find the words to the Evolve, so I'm going to go ahead and read that while you're doing something else. Um, and she starts out and says, have you ever wondered why it's happening again? I've been told that it's because I suppress when I hold back my breath. But when I let go willingly, there's some healing that'll be happening. And the next verse says, bring light back to a darkened mind because my carbon-based memory has been so blind to the brightness within you and the truth that is rooted within me. I choose to live more consciously. Then the third one says, scrolling here sometimes is a challenge. Want to be my best in every moment, aware of who I am when I am tested. I'll use my feelings like a meter in the creative process when it's up to me to take responsibility. The energy of my past generations form a blueprint and create a foundation to improve upon every day in each situation that comes my way. I don't want to miss the mark and be left in the dark in this reality. I choose to live more consciously, evolving continuously, continuously. And then she does a repeat of one of the other verses. So it's she captured it in that one song. It's called Evolve by Mary Redante. So 646-200-4169. We have 20 minutes, so we could get some good conversation in. If you press 1, that lets us know you want to talk. A couple people called in the other day and said, oops. We're out of time. There's not time enough for me to ask my question, so I'll call in tomorrow. And then neither one of them called in the next day, so tomorrow has never come. So it's another self-sabotage to wait till the last five or six minutes or to wait until we get into a long conversation with someone else. So if you have that question still on hand and you're on the switchboard, press 1, and it puts you up there, and you are next. And Mary's uh, voice, you can listen to the whole song if you go to the website. There's a link. Where is the link to it, sweetie? You can actually just put in Redante in the search bar. It'll be you, okay, so if you put in the search bar, R-E-D-O-N-R-E-D. Redante, R-E-D-E-N-T-E. So if you put that in the search bar, it'll take you to that song and uh, you can listen to the whole thing. And she's about, what, 25, maybe 28, 30? Close to 30. Yeah. Really sweet kid. And uh, just, you know, she, she put this thing together in a, in a couple of days. And uh, then just it wasn't very many weeks later, she came back with it all professionally recorded. And it's out there on one of her albums. And we do have the album available on the website, too. So. Pretty cool. We're actually sitting in, a, in, in Theodosia right now, looking out at the lake where this is a the lake Heartland is on. It's a flood control lake as well as fishing and, and recreation. And uh, we're in town and the lake is up about 20 feet. So we're actually looking at the roofs of buildings that are covered totally over. There's a, a campground here and they have some roofed, you know, covered pavilions and they're totally completely covered over and uh, pretty pretty bizarre how high the lake is right now but it's a gorgeous day it's probably about 80 degrees very very beautiful today in Theodosia sunny absolutely awesome and so our call in number 
4169. If you're in one of those stations where we can't see you, then we'd love to hear from you. And if you call that number and you have a question for us, a comment, push one. That'll put you in queue. Jeannie will see a little hand go up in the control panel, and she'll introduce you by your area code. Dr. Tim, anything that um, that you're seeing in practice today that, uh, you know, the, the pattern game that we usually reflect on? Oh, Jeannie just said a hand going up. Let's, let's just see what the uh, area code 618, you're on the air. Give us a name. Where are you calling from? Hello, this is Gail. <laughs> Oh, um, hey there, young lady. Welcome. I was talking about you this morning. <laughs> you saw me too, so. Yes, we anyway, sure did. Blessings. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I had uh, one question and then a bunch of comments and then uh, some more questions. Um, the, the question was based on yesterday's um, conversation that you had about the plants and also about antibiotics is um, basically the effect, I'm going to go cause and effect on you, I mean the effect of what is going on is the the cells in the plants are dying or the cells in the body is dying and so the effect is other cells or other critters are getting in there to eat. And so we're fighting effects with effects, so to speak, or using another effect by using pesticides or antibiotics. Is that correct? Instead of going to the cause, which would be the thought process or the, the lack of nutrients. Right, exactly. If you if you weaken a plant or you weaken a body by putting energies that don't belong in it, there are organisms. They're called reducer organisms. And they are designed, like for instance, in the African jungle, a lion is a reducer organism. If there's a gazelle that's weak and and sickly, then it's going to straggle the herd. The lion's going to take it down and it's going to have lunch. So if if all the gazelles are healthy, the gazelles are designed to stay ahead of the lion, and the lion's going to get to exercise really well, and as a reducer organism, isn't going to eat very well. And when reducer organisms can't eat, they disappear. Uh, It's the same inside of the body. If we don't have cells that are weakened and dying as a result of being impregnated with energies that never belonged in them, then the reducer organisms die off. They're always there, but they're not there in any great numbers. And, you know, one of my favorite tongue and cheek lines in that regard is if you feed them, they will come. If you start to live in a way that your cells are weak and dying, then the reducer organisms having a food supply will expand their territory and tend to take over. Is there a place for if somebody's really in a threatened area uh, of their lives because the reducer organism called a bacteria or a virus is taking over a lung or an arm or a, you know, a sore on the leg, is there a place for an antibiotic? Absolutely. No question. It can stave a life. But there's a big difference between healing and saving a life. Those heroic life-saving actions, which, you know, pretty awesome. If you didn't have the antibiotic, this person would be dead because the reduced organisms are overrunning the structure because there's a, an abundant food supply. But if you keep putting in the, the, the poison to kill the reducer organism, you're also poisoning the cell. And so the idea would be that when you build immunity and you build cell strength, the reducer organism 
organisms are naturally reduced in population, then they're just sitting there waiting. Is there, when you feed us, we'll grow and we'll expand. Gotcha. I thought that makes that sense? yesterday that, yeah, it makes total and complete sense. I thought that um, yesterday's conversation about that would be a great segue into reviewing um, uh, healing crises. <laughs> and since I just got over having one, <laughs> I definitely, be a definitely. Really good time. Um, and I guess the other question that I have too with going through the review of healing crises and what that is, and I guess the difference between um, what's going on when there's disease tissue um, and, you know, uh, getting sick, so to speak, versus a healing crisis um, would be um, talking about how I guess every healing crisis is different. Because this Absolutely. That I Depends what you're processing. Getting over. I was expecting it to be the same, and this is so different than anything that I've seen. Well, basically, what the, what the, yeah, when we live in a world where we go into denial and dissociation, whether it's mental and emotional, you know, you make me angry, which is denial. When I say you made me angry, I have to hide from myself the part of my mind that holds anger. And so wherever I store that in tissue, I just weaken the tissue and that tissue is going to be weakened and it's going to start to die. And as it starts to die, the reduced organism grows and takes a bite. Well, when I hit, and one of the key things for telling the difference between a healing process or a purification process and the disease process is just before the symptomatic phase occurred, the person who is in a healing process hits a new level of vitality, a new level of aliveness. And that new level of vitality and that new level of aliveness, the structure can start to process what yesterday it couldn't handle. Now, what's been hidden? Well, it's as varied as human experiences are. If someone has been in a situation where as a four-year-old they were terrified almost to death, then 70 years later when they become vital enough to handle that energy that has been locked into tissue and perhaps created degeneration of a lung in something like asthma, 70 years later that person gets vital enough to draw that energy out of the lung and what's going to happen? They're going to go back through and experience physically, mentally, and emotionally the symptoms of that energy. On a physical level, it's going to look like a physical symptom they had. So, so this person at 74 years of age is very likely to go back to being a four-year-old and experience the total, complete lockup of the lungs and the breath and inability to take a breath because in that state of terror at the age of four, that's what happened to the child. So on a physical level, they're going to have that experience of, oh, I can't breathe. Now, if the energy was locked into a kidney and created a kidney infection, the healing process seven years later is going to be the pain in the kidney rather than the challenge with the lung. So it depends what energy was locked in. So, uh, so and, and when, let's say, for instance, a person at four who had that terror experience 
and locked into the lung and created asthma for themselves, they're going to, in order to detox, in order to take that energy out of the lung tissue and rebuild and restructure the lung tissue, that's a huge amount of energy. And so they're going to go into low energy. It's like, you know, I was so, I felt so great last night. I was so up. I could have run around the block and I could have cleaned the whole house and the car and the garage too. And now this morning, they can hardly slog themselves out of bed. And, you know, whatever the energy is that went in on the way out. So every healing crisis is as varied as the experiences were that created the disease process in the first place. So that's the physical. Then on the mental level, you know, perhaps that terror experience came from, you know, a child uh, having watched a scary movie uh, where a father was killed and all of a sudden something happens and dad's gone and the child goes through the terror of, oh my God, has my father been killed? And so mentally they're going to start to think in terms of someone being killed because that's what the four-year-old was going through. And emotionally, it's just like, you know, everything in the structure is just in such terror and fear gripping every cell the same way it did the four-year-old. Well, the 74-year-old is going to have that same gripping kind of fear happen. So any kind of emotional energy that was there and depression that the child was locked into a hopeless, helpless state perhaps at four. And so this person at 74 is going to have all this energy of hopeless and helpless come to the surface. So that would be the emotional aspect. And then the mental would be the thoughts of, oh, my God, you know, in that movie, my uh, my father uh, or I watched this movie where the father died and then the child died. And so the mental part might be the anguish of, oh, my God, I'm going to die next. It's something that never happened. But what the child's mind did with what it saw on television last night, it plays out and goes through. You know, the sweat, the terror, the, the thought of, of death. And so here's a person 74 years later, totally, completely irrational. This has got nothing to do with anything that's actually happening. Why am I so terrified that I'm going to die? Well, I'm now processing the mind of the four-year-old. And along with that, as I bring in the fresh energy of, but wait a minute, that's irrational. There's nothing like that happening here. That's crazy. Then the, the energy of that's crazy mixes energetically with the energy of, oh my God, I'm going to die and I've lost my father. And so the confusion of that healing process, and that's where you want to have as much support as you can, because as you keep pouring love into that container, it dissolves those energies. And then, you know, where, where a person is in this literal, total physical pain in the lung, terror and uh, uh, grief and, and just pain, literally 30 seconds later, people will come up out of it and go, well, everything's fine. I feel fine. What, what, what was that all about? with no idea, they just went through a healing process. So one of the keys is the level of vitality. So one of the ways you can tell when you become symptomatic that there's a healing process taking place rather than a disease process is you hit a new level of vitality. The next one is that you've been doing more and more of the right things. You ask yourself when you become symptomatic. In my life, in a general way, physically, mentally, emotionally, relationship, exercise, nutrition, have I been doing more and more of the quote-unquote right things? 
If so, then I'm strengthening and leading to new levels of vitality. Then the next thing that happens is what's happening with elimination. So for the child, you know, the toxicity of the thoughts that literally went into the lung tissue, you know, mucus has two purposes in the body. One, it's a thin watery substance designed to lubricate. And two, it thickens to trap toxicity. So the four-year-old that was in such absolute stark raving terror, that, that four-year-old um, in that terror is unable to process or deal with what went on, and that's very toxic energy. So that toxic energy gets locked into the lung and mucus thickens. So now all of a sudden, this person uh, at 74 years of age starts to cough up all this phlegm and mucus and wonders, you know, where the heck is this coming from? Well, it's coming from the part of the body where that toxic energy was stored and the body protected itself. And so there's an increase in elimination through the lungs. In order to handle the toxic energy that's being released, that that a 74-year-old person might also go into uh, a total bowel release. All of a sudden, they're like, you know, what's happening here? I've got diarrhea. Well, when that toxicity starts to drop into the body, the body opens up all of the eliminative organs that it can to work through the toxic energies. And so in a, in a disease process, there's a tendency for there to be uh, a restriction in elimination. And so the child may have, for instance, uh, at four years of age, having locked the lungs up like that, they may spend their whole lives having trouble taking in oxygen and eliminating carbon dioxide. And so now all of a sudden there's a total shift that happens. The tissue designed to release that is freed of its toxicity. And I mean, I've had people at 40, 50, 60 years of age who said after going through a major healing process, say, you know something? I feel like I've never taken a breath before in my life and I can now for the first time actually breathe. And I didn't know that I was never breathing. And so the elimination happens. And then the other big uh, key that tells one when they're in a healing process rather than a disease process is that they're going to tend to crave. So maybe the four year old had uh this, this lung challenge, and maybe they were given, uh, you know, their, their bodies were rubbed with a menthol kind of product, and they were given a particular drug that they either liked or hated the taste of, and here they are 70 years later, and they're tasting that drug in their mouths, and they're craving it. Oh, I need to, I need to get, I need to have this. And so, when we start to break down those old energies that were locked into tissue, the energies that were used to soothe or reduce the symptoms that couldn't be processed at that time are going to come back into awareness, taste, smell. I remember working with a woman in South Florida and uh, I actually rented a room in a house when I first moved to South Florida from this little Italian lady who was in her 70s. And one day she had her office out in the front of the house and she came back into my room and she said, Michael, have you been smoking? It's like, are you kidding me, me smoking? And she says, well, I just, you know, it's like I've been in my office and my whole office is just filled up with smoke. And I looked and I can't find where it's coming from. 
So we went out and we looked and the windows were closed. There was nobody around. And all of a sudden she put her hand up to her nose and smelled her skin. And she smelled like a cigarette factory. And she had not smoked in 10 years. And yet here's her body liberating all of this tobacco energy and nicotine. So the healing process creates that increase in elimination. And at the same time, and this is really important for people in 12-step type programs, is that to understand that if I'm craving a drug that I've used previously, I'm very likely in a healing process around that issue. And when my body starts to dump that out, it's an energy that's literally in the cellular structure. And I'll feel that moving through my structure and oftentimes have a craving and sometimes not recognizing what's happening. People get lost in that and, and uh, fall off the wagon. So it's, it's an important key to understand. And Jeannie tells me we're down to the last. Okay. So is that, does that kind of uh, get to the, uh, the whole question of the healing process is what you were asking? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It, I just needed to hear to review it again because I was in the middle of it. It started Thursday night, and I think it's earlier than that, but um, I really started to notice that Thursday night I'm trying to get ready to go someplace for the weekend, and um, I had to be in the middle of it on Saturday before I realized, that, oh, this is a healing crisis. This isn't just an illness. And I started asking questions by texting, gaming, and stuff like that. But it, I can never hear enough about the, the healing crisis process. Um, I understand. I guess I, I understand. Delighted. So, did All right. You, have you ever experienced anybody ever getting to the place where they want to give up when they're in the middle of a healing crisis? Just, you know, well, that's give all up doing standard the issue. work? Absolutely. Want to run away. People don't want to even look or feel or deal with that. So that's the time when people tend to go into resistance and, and, you know, sometimes even check out of their bodies. Yeah. Yeah. No. That's very common. Okay. So we're down to just the last that's few it. seconds. So I'm going to have to close the show up, but if there are more questions in that regard, it'd be awesome to take up the conversation tomorrow. And in the meantime, we appreciate everybody who chooses to join us. We appreciate the, the work that you're doing. We look forward to the first time you call back in and say, hey, my support group started. And last night we had this experience. All right. Have a blessed day. Create the best year yet of your eternal life. Look forward to hearing from you more. Thank you for listening to Mind Shifters Radio with the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice and his wife, Jeannie, who present the internal Aramaic process of forgiveness. Michael and Jeannie are here every Monday through Friday on Earth Angels Radio. For more on Michael and Jeannie, please visit www.yagain.com. That's www.whyagain.com. sleep.